Welcome back to .NET Rocks. This is Carl Franklin. And this is Richard Campbell. And we're still in Portugal. I like it here. I, lo- I love it here, actually. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a lovely place. I, I like mean, it a little too much, actually. <laughs> it likes you back. That's the thing. Yes. <laughs> yes, it does. Wandered down the street uh, the other night, last night, and um, just found a restaurant where there's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's a the good busy sign. One. It was a, for lack of a better word, a tapas restaurant, right? right? And it was run by a family, we found out. So the daughter was the waitress, the mother was the chef, you know, the father was the dishwasher, the way it should be, right? (laughs) And we had tapas, like little plates of such deliciousness. Little things. uh, It was in uh, Don, Don Webier from mm -hmm. DevExpress was with us. And, you know, we just had this after that, after this, and a bottle of wine and stuff. And I said, you want to split it? He says, it depends. How much do you think it is? Because there were no prices. Right. And I said, I'm thinking 200 euro. Yeah. And he says, well, if it's 100 euro, I'll buy it. Otherwise, we'll split it. Right. Okay. It was 100 euro. Wow. Couldn't believe and it. And you ate your faces off and a bottle of wine. You ate your faces off and a bottle of wine and a couple yeah. of drinks for the other people. Nice. It was pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not expensive here. You can see why it's become a real great tourist destination. It's beautiful. No, no, it's terrible. It's fun. Stay, Stay away. Don't come here. Don't yeah. come here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's uh, that's what we're doing. Yeah. Uh, better no framework? Yeah, why not? All right, roll the music. All right, buddy, what do you got? Well, we're talking about gRPC. We are. .NET with Arena. And uh, before we get started, I, th- I thought I'd let you know, I think I talked about this before on .NET Rocks, but on mm. Blazor Train, I did a thorough investigation of gRPC. Um, from a client perspective, gRPC web. Mm-hmm. And uh, I talked about streaming here yesterday with gRPC. Oh, as a session. Yeah, as a session. But it was not. It was comparing you know, web API and gRPC and SignalR streaming. Cool. And um, one, the, one question I got was, this is very cool if you're starting Greenfield, but what if you've got this huge yeah. landscape of you know, classes and, and services and stuff. And you want to move over to gRPC to get the, 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 the performance benefits. And uh, I said, well, it's funny you should, should ask. Funny you should ask that. I actually wrote a gRPC generator, which is uh, this being show 1797. You go to 1797.pwop.me or just go to my GitHub account, uh, Carl Franklin, and you'll see it. It's gRPC generator. Um, I, I don't remember... If it was done well, um, or if it still works, but the whole idea is that you point it to your project with all your classes and it just generates it's a profile for you. And, uh, yeah, so, and it does it in a very old fashioned way. Just, you know, search and replace. Right. I'm not using any kind of crazy. No voodoo, but it was a tool voodoo. you used to make your life easier. Yeah. I used it on a, on a project of my own and it worked really well. So. Cool. So hopefully that might work for somebody. That's nice. Yeah, that's what I got. Awesome. Who's talking to us, Richard? Gravity Comic Talk of Show 1688, the one we did back in May of 2020 uh, at the NDC Porto Online, yeah. which didn't plan start out being online. You know, right. we were all supposed to be here in 2020, and then yeah. none of us were. But we still held the panel, and that was uh, Sean Wildermuth and Arena. And uh, and Heather Downey, we were talking about APIs. Yeah, uh, great conversation. I was very happy with that, comparing a, a lot of different technologies. And I think G- gRPC came up in that. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mark Wansel said, comment on this a couple of years ago now. 
Uh, I love this show, and I really agree that there's a place for REST, Graphs, QL, and gRPC. I was watching Build this week, watching Build, right? Which yeah. is what we were all doing That's back right. then. And was listening to the questions about C-sharp in the browser, Blazor, WebAssembly, and can't help think that so much business logic is going to leak into the UI if we don't start teaching developers more about APIs and how to use them properly. Yeah, but- it's not, the, and it's not just APIs. It's just good practice. You know, you, you well, want to have, you want to have one layer that is nothing but business logic, whether it's view models or just a, we call it a manager, or you call it something, mm-hmm. just some layer where all that stuff goes. That's not you, UI tied to the UI. Well, and you think it would be heavily enforced, but that creates its own set of problems. Like you need a tool flexible enough that you can shoot your foot off with it. Yeah. And so, you know, that invariably means it is possible to put some logic where it shouldn't be. Yeah, and you, there just needs to be some discipline to keep it contained. And and you bring up a good point. And uh, I, I have a customer that I taught. You know, we were we were going to start the project using view models, and mm-hmm. everything was great. And I built the first one. They just did code behind for the rest of it. Right. Yeah, because it worked. Yeah, close, so, close enough. And like, yeah, yeah well, bite, you you, bite you later, but I'll already be paid by then. Yeah, but they, they didn't have any plans to move it to any other UI platform. Right. Yet. Yeah. But uh, so that was the decision. Or worry about testability. <laughs> oh, now that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, you're just getting into trouble. <laughs> I don't know what you. What is this? Testability? Where am I going with this? Go. Hey, Mark, thank you so much for your comment and a copy of Music Code by. It's on its way to you. And if you'd like a copy of Music Code by, write a comment on the website at .netrocks.com or yeah. on the Facebooks because we publish every show there. And if you comment there and I read it on the show, we'll send you a copy of Music Code by. And definitely follow us on Twitter. Uh, he's at Rich Campbell. I'm at Carl Franklin. Send us a tweet. We are currently in the .NET Rocks Lounge at the Portuguese Convention Center. Convention Center. Just we, send it over. We, and if, if you send it over, send with coffee and tea. And tea. Yeah. And maybe a little port. You know, we are in yeah, Porto. Yeah, Opera. that's true. Well, it's almost afternoon. So. <laughs> it's almost. It's, it's afternoon somewhere. By the way, you have to get in here in the next few hours. I'm pretty sure we're flying out tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, uh, okay. So uh, let's let's bring Irina back on uh, .NET Rocks. Irina Skirtu is a Microsoft MVP for developer technology, software architect, and Microsoft certified trainer. Always in a quest for the latest trends and best practices in architecture, .NET, and the world around it. Welcome back, Irina. Thank you for having me. Great to have you here. And, and we're doing this the fun way this time, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. We all get to sit together and we joke about being parents and uh and yeah and after this we get to go to lunch or something i don't know we'll figure Fun it out for us not for the editor yeah the editor's <laughs> got to work a little harder i mean he likes it when we're all in complete isolation absolutely in the tracks or not but we no, don't no. get that option this time you just did a session yep yeah talking yep. grpc indeed how was it received apparently very well nice lots of green Excellent. cards Yes, I hoped uh, to count them <laughs> at the end of my talk, but mm-hmm. that box was empty. Yeah, they, they do that for you. You can yeah. find out later if you want. Yeah. Uh, do you get some good questions? Yes. At yeah. the end, uh, people were uh, asking about uh, how to manage the protocol files, the proto files for microservices. Mm-hmm. Apparently, that is not available in the World Wide Web yet <laughs> because gRPC is so new for .NET world. Right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's been around for a while, but it's not that big in .NET. What do .NET people need to know that would surprise them about gRPC? That has client-side load balancing hmm. that was just added in uh, .NET 6. So you have the option of specifying the the ports, if you already know them, mm-hmm. or to specify a DNS. Uh, and it's very cool because it basically has a load balancer 
out of the box without you using some additional tools. So by load balancer, you mean um, the first call is going to go to this server, the second one's going to go to that server. Yeah, exactly. And uh, they also have two policies here: uh, pick first or mm-hmm. round robin. Right. Or you can make your own policy if you want. Sure. Three wow. over there, then five over there, then. Why not? Now, is it just for load balancing, or is it a failover solution too? Like, if I ping, if I send a request off to one and I don't get it back in a certain time, can I resend it to another? They also have some retry policies that you can uh, configure mm-hmm. in .NET six. They have a few lines of documentation about that. I didn't dig deep into that, right. that but the, you can configure the policies, max the retries. H- the the HTTP client factory is that what they're using Poly? No, um, they have something else included in the .NET client. Yeah. So uh, in gRPC .NET client uh, yeah, library, yeah. from there you can uh, configure at the channel level what is the retry policy. Yeah. So max attempts, exponential back off. There is yeah. a lot of property that you can set up uh, out there to help. That's pretty you. cool. Yeah, yeah. And that's it's sort of the the you you can tell it's maturing, right? Those are pretty rich oh, yeah. features. This is not just trying to get things done anymore. It's you know how do I build? Uh, I'm now doing this enough that I care how reliable it is and and the various approaches do. Like you usually think about reliability purely on the server side, and you think about reliability way later in the yeah, development yeah. process. Mostly, if you think at all, yeah, only when you don't have it. That's when you exactly. think about it. <laughs> that's when it becomes important. Yeah. You have this issue with gRPC where you, you know, it's great when you define everything in a proto file from scratch, a greenfield application. But what if you've got all these classes you now need to change to messages? Is there any way to go? I mean, I did it with a code generator, but because I didn't see any other way to do it at the time. I don't think there is a way yeah, except using so something like that. So I think, I hope people will take your tool and maybe use it. Yeah, maybe make it better. That would be good. For that. It needs an upgrade to .NET 6. It does. Still depending on .NET 5. Yeah, it's yeah. .NET 5. Yeah. yeah. Not that that's terribly difficult to do. No, it's not at all. It's just a thing. Um, yeah, that would, be, that would be awesome if anybody's uh, listening who wants to to bring that to the next level. I think there's a need for such a tool because, uh, mm. for example, Spotify guys moved their um, apps to gRPC. Mm-hmm. But, well, they don't use .NET. I don't know what they're using. Mm-hmm. But I saw a talk on CNCF Foundation mm-hmm. um, about that, how they switch and improve performance uh, by using gRPC files. And I'm sure they had a lot of work. Yeah, yeah, sure. But they were getting... People are moving to it for the performance. Exactly. Yeah. It's interesting that it's as quick as it is. I mean, what what is it doing right? First, uh, it's using HTTP two, right? Speedy. Which is a different <laughs> story. Uh, it has a way smaller payload because of the serialization. Yeah. It uses binary serialization, not JSON. Mm-hmm. Um, it has client side load balancing, as yeah. I already mentioned. Uh, some retry policies that you can configure out there. Yeah. And let's face it, if you have um, an HTTP uh, API, so-called REST API, yeah. or JSON over HTTP, why not use something that will also get you this stuff yeah. out of the box? Right. Uh, I know for sure where when people start using microservices or they get their hands on such an architecture, they first use HTTP clients mm-hmm. to get data from one microservice to another microservice. Right, yeah. And then, if they do that, it's uh, a 
good way of using gRPC for point-to-point communication. And that's what it was originally for, wasn't it? Exactly. Yeah, for microservices. The gRPC web is a different implementation that you would use from a client in a browser, right? Or, or you know, Blazor or whatever on the client side. Uh, and that, I think, uses HTTP 1, not HTTP 2. Exactly. And uh, WebSockets. Yeah. Because uh, the browser's APIs don't support um, trailers, so yep. response trailers. So we have to first stick with HTTP 1, and yep. uh, gRPC Web doesn't support uh, streaming because yeah. you will have a response that is a classical HTTP response mm-hmm. and right. wouldn't know how to handle um, the individual message response from the gRPC part. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and but, it, but because you're using HTTP 1 or really 1.1 if we want to get particularly technical about this, you're essentially doing serial requests. Yeah. Like the whole thing with Speedy, you know, just as a guy who used HTTP 2 early on, was the simultaneous requests. You know, we had no limit on that. You could fire off as many as you wanted, and they'd exactly. all come back in whatever order. And you just and the, and they, the libraries expected to just handle that and give it back to you in some coherence. So you would have to tweak your ways of making requests mm-hmm. to transform them from the serial in something that is going in a, a loop. And, yeah. yeah, not just hang there until you have exactly. everything. But that's up to you. I do yeah. have a demo where I show streaming with gRPC Web. And uh, it's not using iSync enumerable, obviously, because it's not C-sharp. It's the, the proto thing. But mm-hmm. even the implementation of the service, it does use something similar. And it looks like it could be using it under the under the hood. But it does stream. Um, anyway, I have I have that code available. So I'll put a link to it. I think you, uh, you have something that transforms... Uh, uh, by using a proxy or something like that, like Envoy or something? No. Now, I'll put a link to it. We can talk about it after. Sure. What's Envoy? Uh, it's something uh, that was used before gRPC. Oh, okay. So just another, you know, the, um, the Envoy proxy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, that's the interesting part about this, right, is it, there's a bunch of different ways that we want to be able to connect. I mean, whether we're just building our clients yeah. and yeah. client apps with back ends or we're dealing with browsers on the front end, you know, it's nice to, it's going to work in all scenarios. That was the whole point. Build an API once, pick your client. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. But if you, you ask me, I would stick with gRPC on server to server scenarios. Right. Or on uh, web to server scenarios, but uh, in a limited way. Mm-hmm. Because what this tool does very well it's on the server side and i would keep it that way it's really about a server to server communications yeah, yeah. is that because it's sort of a within the firewall thing or, or? no not exactly right. but um, i would go with grpc for scenarios where uh, you could replace http calls the classical ones yeah. right. clients and so on yeah. um episode 67 of blazor train rest mm-hmm. versus grpc streaming so this was uh a Blazor application that compares performance with streaming uh, with a web API versus gRPC, mm-hmm. and gRPC just absolutely blows it away. Well, that's, I hear that theme over and over and over again, and it's just because of the serialization, because everything is smaller. Yeah, that's the thing. Think and the binary formatter. Yeah. yeah, and then yeah, HTTP two. Well, in this case, it's, it's gRPC because you're using web. Yeah, but yeah. it's still fast, really fast. 
stinky fast. Yeah. I mean, most browsers were disobeying the HTTP 1.1 rules anyway. Right? It's like, I'm only allowed two connections. Okay. Don't look at the six connections. It's two-ish. So, so as a demo, I download and don't ever do this. And I make people in my talks raise their hand. I promise I will never, <laughs> never do this. Download 5,000 records and, you know, for the user, but I do that. I have a, a dummy set and I tried it with a, you know, an API endpoint and it took on the second try because you got to compile it right. Second try, 1.6 seconds mm -hmm. on the second try with gRPC, 300 milliseconds. Wow. Yeah. Five times faster. Seriously. And that's, I mean, that's for something you shouldn't do. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Even when I'm behaving badly, I behave badly quickly. But yeah, <laughs> but for your, your simple calls, it's going, it's still going to be quite a difference. Yeah. Well, and, until now, gRPC and .NET had an issue. It was binary and not hmm. human readable. Right. But right now, there are tools that are graphically showing you everything. Postman has a gRPC request uh, option. is yeah. in beta, but uh, it still works. Yeah. And it's uh, the human readable part. Now it's uh, possible. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So it's sort of a, it's a viewer to the yeah. payloads yeah. in gRPC. So you can use Postman uh, as you would use Postman for any other API requests. Yeah. Because normally you're looking at like GraphQL stuff. Yeah, stuff exactly. Postman. Okay. So gRPC is now in the mix for that. Until this, you would have uh, made gRPC curl yeah. uh, <laughs> use so right. uh, CLI to issue right. the request but that's a great tool to have because often we're trying to figure out like why is that misbehaving right. and being able to inspect the payloads makes your life a lot easier exactly I mean, once upon a time we just looked in the http header but that doesn't work anymore and until <laughs> now that was uh, i think a showstopper for a lot of uh, developers yeah they couldn't look uh, if i can't see the payloads i'm exactly. not exactly why not use happy. it <laughs> yeah i can't oh well i can't trust it it's not a bad reflex actually it's like it's testable. Yeah, I want whatever I'm writing. I need to be testable. It needs to be diagnosable. And as soon as you, I don't have that option, I'm kind of like, well, yep. you know, I'm going to be a little more careful. It, and it, I need to see that thing. Yeah. <laughs> that I show me it really <laughs> sent that. Exactly. You know, show Prove me what's it. in there. Yep. Yeah. Show and, and see the unencrypted password you sent. <laughs> or that. <laughs> Not that that ever happens. That wasn't me. <laughs> and then you admit you saw it. You go, we have to change this. I know it works, but it's not safe. All right. So you got your microservices and you're using gRPC to go one to another. And there's some sort of um, problem, but you're not there to to inspect it at the time. Now you're talking about instrumentation. Is it easy to add that kind of thing to uh, to microservices in the wild or at least in the testing environment so that you can look at them and, and see what they're doing? Any other thing that you would use with a normal API, yeah. mm -hmm. you would use it with gRPC. Whether yeah. you're talking about logging, tracing, or anything else, authentication, authorization, it, it's possible with gRPC. Yeah. So you, you have control over that yeah. client, because you, you, I believe it's an abstract class, right? You, you, yeah. uh, you have to override the virtual methods, and Indeed. so you, you're in there. You can do whatever you want. Yep. In terms of logging so you, or So you implement the um, the API, basically you expose those methods. It's yeah. something very similar with SOAP, if you ever work with that. I remember oh, the yeah. times. Mm. <laughs> Where Have you, the scars. Yeah. 
And then from the consumer's perspective, you will need to look at all those things that you expose to your uh, API. Right. Uh, being status codes, but gRPC has different status codes, so not the classical ones from HTTP. No right. 200, no 500? No, that is at transport level. Right. For gRPC, mm. you have some uh, about 10 of them, mm-hmm. something like deadline exceeded and so on. There is an enumeration available. Right. Yeah. And the exceptions that are happening all of them are RPC exception. <laughs> yeah, right. And you will need to filter out those uh, status codes to to actually see what's happening. Yeah, just like ODBC, right? When everything went wrong with the database, you got an ODBC error, but you didn't actually know what error it was. Leave right. it to the dads over 50 to bring up yeah. old technology. Really old technology. Completely irrelevant. Right? Well, well, here's the enumeration list. Unknown, pending, active, suspended, closed, and canceled. Okay. Mm. It's, good to, it's good to have those handy because it's not going to show it automatically like it's just going to uh, say it failed code two (laughs) enjoy (laughs) enjoy and based on those you can um, configure your retry policies right and it it is up to you it's how you want to retry very interesting Mm -hmm. so um any other tips for getting any insights into what's going on in the whole pipeline of the grpc request response so you have a way of uh, creating and configuring something that is called an interceptor, uh-huh. where uh, you basically, well, as the name says, intercept the request mm. for each of those four uh, methods in gRPC, unary, client streaming, server streaming, uh, and bidirectional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that interceptor is something that will run whenever a type of call uh, will happen. Mm. So you will override... Uh, and implement an interface, and you'll have everything settled. Wow. And so you can specify it for a particular customer or connection, or is it any connection with a particular shape? It's at the channel level, because in gRPC, you have uh, the channel concept. Right. And over that channel, a lot of requests can go back and forth. Yep. But there are types of requests, so you you can intercept for a particular type of request. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, you may be redirecting to a particular resource. Because it's good at that particular type of request, hmm. or you can enrich uh, the the request. For example, adding headers um, and so on, and adding a header in gRPC it means basically adding a key value pair to that specific uh, request. So just because you intercept it doesn't mean it isn't going on to its original destination. You just have a chance to contribute to it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So it's more like a compositing option. Yep. That I don't I don't have to go to the destination code to make that addition, I can put it somewhere else and call it as an intercept. Indeed. So it's something similar to a middleware where you can hook yourself and add. Or service bus kind of mindset, right? It's like I have a bunch of things I may or may not add, and I don't have to actually combine them into one big pile of goo that can be pushed across and decided whether they're going to be used or not. Mm. And before we go on, I'd like to interrupt for this one very important message. Could be two. Could be two. (laughs) There's always something new from our sponsor, Text Control. They just released version 30 of their document processing library that includes new document collaboration features. Using TX Text Control, you can integrate online document editing, document signing, collaboration, and PDF processing into your ASP.NET and ASP.NET Core web applications. Whether you need to create PDF invoices, quotations, or reports, TX Text Control provides the developer libraries for all document-related tasks. 
Check out the new features and see their technologies in action by visiting the live demo at demos.textcontrol.com. And we're back. It's .NET Rocks. I'm Richard Campbell. That's Carl Franklin. Hey, hey. Talking to our friend Irina Skuda about uh, gRPC in .NET. It does seem like one of the reasons you want to move to .NET 6 is the substantially improved gRPC support. Hmm. Indeed, and the tooling is is awesome. Yeah. It's in Visual Studio. It's over there. First class client now. Indeed. Mm-hmm. And the G does not stand for Google. No, it stands for gRPC. Yes, or goo. <laughs> and well, you look it up on the gRPC documentation. It says, what does it stand for? gRPC remote procedure calls, of course. Of course. Or gRPC again. <laughs> <laughs> really? Again? <laughs> look up recursion in the dictionary, and it says... See recursion. recursion. Yeah. yeah. Well, we did the show last night with Mark Rendell and we were talking about, you know, the, that, you know, uh, we're talking about .NET remoting, like yeah. going all the way back to the right. early days of .NET and just how darn fast that was. Yep. Back in the day. As Binary long as there, formatter. As long as there's two Windows machines talking to each other, you were fine. But, uh, right. I mean, it sort of seems like gRPC has gotten back to the strength of that. Just a little more agnostic. A lot more agnostic. Hey, what, what's in your wish list for gRPC? What are you, what are you waiting for? I think gRPC web, um, more improvements uh, mm-hmm, yeah. in that part. And I think those are on the list for .NET 7. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as I mentioned, personally, I wouldn't use gRPC too much on the front-end part from the browsers. Mm-hmm. I would keep it on the server to server uh, level. Uh, I, I think... Stuff regarding retry policies or things out of the box. Yeah. Uh, client side load balancing, we already have that. So <laughs> no more uh, wishes right. yeah. around that area. Yeah. I wonder when HTTP3 coming down the pipe and its oh. new protocols, mm. how that would improve gRPC some more. They also have an option of uh, specifying that you want to use HTTP3. Right. I personally am not up to speed with HTTP2 yet, yeah. and they're already talking about HTTP3. Yeah, 2's been around for a few years, and largely, is it, you know, all the browsers support it, whether they use it or not is another question entirely, and most uh, backends can understand it. But 3 gets into, well, defaulting UDP, which is weird. Like, there's a whole other set of recovery problems for you. Did you say it defaults to UDP? UDP, yeah. You know, I... I Insert a joke about UDP, but you might not get it. But if you tell it twice, the probability of getting it at least once is higher. <laughs> <laughs> Ask me how I know. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Yeah. I remember what I really wish for gRPC mm-hmm. in the next version. Support for Azure. Oh, uh, yeah. Yep. What does that right. look like when you say that? Still working progress after two years. Yeah. Mm. So if you want to use app uh, app services mm-hmm. and to host your gRPC service in Azure, well, you can't do that. Interesting. Yeah. And it's still with a star under development there. And they offer you the the option of using gRPC web. Yeah, gRPC web is supported. It's going to work again. HTTP. But it's funny because app service does support HTTP too. Hmm. I don't know what's the reason behind it, but... What's going on? Yeah, I think I looked into this at one point, and it, it had to do with some implementation of HTTP2 that wasn't... Uh, you know, that was different for gRPC right. than the standard thing. I, but sure. if you have uh, virtual machines that you manually manage and so on, uh, 
hosting such a service mm-hmm. would be just fine. Okay. Yeah. And that's the thing is if you're going to do it, in the, but I don't think there's a reason to move to VMs. Yeah. If you're already no. in VMs and you could do that, but you're like, Hey, my app server sucks great, but I can't use gRPC. So let's move to VMs. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's now a good I have idea. a few more problems. Yes. <laughs> I think you're going in the wrong direction at that point. Mm. But yeah. I mean, app servers actually got HTTP2 fairly early on. So I wonder if it's a little bit of a rough implementation. They've just not gotten it up to snuff to to do gRPC stuff properly. Yeah, like I said, when I looked into this before, it was some sort of thing particular to gRPC. Mm-hmm. They used a feature of HTTP2 that wasn't implemented in Azure or, right. or something. Or they used it in a different way. I'm not sure exactly. And if it wasn't implemented, it wasn't implemented for a reason. Right, yeah. So it's like, do you want to get over that reason now or not? <laughs> yeah, I know. I appreciate that. That's an interesting problem. Yeah. So if you're on six, what does it look like to migrate an existing app to start using gRPC? So they're typically, I guess, what are they? You're doing regular entity framework calls or where are you when, when you're looking at going to gRPC? Do you have scenarios like that? The easiest scenario that I can t- think of mm-hmm. uh, are microservices that call each other. Right. Yeah. Because you cannot have independent microservices, self-contained, no data from somewhere else and so on. Right. I think that's the best way to start. So yeah. you typically would have some DTO objects as classes and you'd have API controllers and you need to modify <laughs> it's funny you have to remove the dto classes and implement them as messages remove them from your project so that the gpc generator can create them again but then you don't see them yep <laughs> are there but they're invisible. i'm sorry what <laughs> they're there but you, <laughs> you don't see them you don't have it's like an man well and okay, so my question is i still have clients out there calling the services the old way i guess it doesn't matter if it's purely internal just microservice microservice where i know who all the callers are then I can flop to gRPC kind of all at once. Well, I'm, I'm more concerned when I have external clients where some of them are still be calling the, the old way and some want to call and you want to be able to support gRPC well, as well. Hopefully you'd have that behind a level of, of, of in, in abstraction. Yeah. Right. A reverse yeah. proxy. Well, or just anything, you know, that whatever it is that makes the call to your, you know, your, your client service or your client side service mm-hmm. that makes the call has got to have some sort of, you know, interface or some repository interface or something. Right. Hopefully you're doing that. Hopefully. You know. Yeah, but I want the binary serializer. It makes me happy. Right. It's small and it's fast. I'm trying to get my payloads down. I only have gigabit Ethernet in the house, man. How am I going to get by? <laughs> I don't know. We, I mean, we worry about these things, and yet we've got a lot of bandwidth these days. So, hey, you know, is it... Especially when you're traveling to a foreign country. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> Well, and that speaks more to latency aspects too. I mean, yeah, we're so much more bandwidth constrained, but it's like you've been living in a world where you were 20 milliseconds away from the, from the cloud data center and now you're 200 milliseconds away. Yeah. I have a tip for anyone traveling in a foreign country that is going to be doing a live stream <laughs> in your hotel room. Turn your VPN off. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. Ask me how I know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. See how that would be. The, yeah. Be, be careful with that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a lot of shared pain sitting in the room today. This is this is the laugh that we get from all of this. So what's next for you? What are you working on now or what's in your inbox? Currently uh, working on a workshop. Mm-hmm. Nice. I'm not going to say about what. 
Okay. <laughs> I'm going to let, let you guess. Don't jinx yourself. Yep. Both <laughs> APIs. No, no. No, really? <laughs> wow. Um, I'm, stay, I'm a stay-at-home mom currently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also do training and consultancies. That's great. While staying at home. Sort of. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks to my in-laws that uh, are able to take care of my daughter and my husband, of course, that is willing enough to stay with my daughter. So so you are getting out of it now. It's not just working behind the the team's client anymore. Yeah, that's cool. We did Zoom when we did that last show, didn't we? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So it's. And uh, your daughter's here with you? Yes. And your husband? She is and he is. And are are you enjoying Portugal? Yeah, it's a very nice city. I I always love the the warmth of people here. They're very nice, aren't they? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's a great place. But don't come here, please. <laughs> yeah. Stay away, and uh, don't bring people with you. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Not you, Irina. I'm talking yeah. to the listener here. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to go here. It's busy enough. Everything's expensive. The sun never shines. <laughs> the wine is not good. The wine's terrible. terrible. Yeah, it's just not. And good. the pork, goodness, you wouldn't want to drink that. No, you, nobody should drink that. Yeah. Nobody in the right mind would drink pork. Ever, ever. Well, I guess that's it. Uh, Arena, thank you very much for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. And uh, we'll talk to you next time on .NET Rocks. .NET Rocks is brought to you by Franklin's Net and produced by Pwop Studios, a full-service audio, video, and post-production facility located physically in New London, Connecticut, and, of course, in the cloud. Online at pwop.com. Visit our website at dotnetrocks.com for RSS feeds, downloads, mobile apps, comments, and access to the full archives going back to show number one, recorded in September 2002. And make sure you check out our sponsors. They keep us in business. Now go write some code. See you next time. Got a transmitter band by the FCC. Yes, I'm a, a time boy. Life is hard.